Hello and welcome back to Your Take is Excrement, the show that uh, your parents tried to get you to stop watching, but you wouldn't stop watching I, for some reason. Um, are you? Are you ready? Fucking kidding me! Uh, fun fact: that was Saints Row for me. That was Saints Row. Yeah, Saints Row Three. Anyway, um, I am I'm Maya. This is May. It's called Angel Grind. Don't get it wrong. Uh, hi, I'm May Leitz, inventor of Angel Grind. I, hell yeah! And I also invented Fluids, the book, and I'm dropping an album literally the day we're we're having this conversation. Hell so. yeah! Uh, get your towels ready. It's about to go down, as Lonely it, Island would say. I, <laughs> uh, good old, good old Andy Sammy. Andy Sammy. Andy Sammy. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, before we really get into the episode, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Machine Age Productions and the RPG hashtag iHunt. And also MB Dream Studio. It's Nancy store. I'll talk about both of them further on in the episode. Yes. Um, you can also check us out on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash excrement. Uh, I will use any money given to me to buy hormones. Uh, so there you go. Well, and I, I'm and, under the impression that if you hand me money, I will just buy drugs with it. So I would probably discourage <laughs> ever supporting us. Um, I, <laughs> but at the same time, you're going to do it anyway. You don't like to be told what to do. And I get that. Mm-hmm. I also don't like being told what to Listen, do. If, if you're one of the people like me who does whatever you're, you're told not to do, like, yeah. if you're told something, then you, you do the opposite. Intentionally, like don't go, Don't yeah. go give us money on Patreon. No, fuck no. What are you uh, doing? Yeah. Like, like, take your money and go buy yourself a Mick cheeseburger, whatever the uh, fuck. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't... <laughs> I've never... All right. So, uh, are we supposed to be talking about something in specific, or is this sort of one of those fuck-arounds uh, you hear about? No, I think we're, we're, we're talking about the movie we both watched yesterday. Uh, Everybody's been been hot on the presses trying to figure out what the fuck movie we're gonna do next. Yeah, and uh, I understand it's it's, it's an exciting life. Um, what? Uh, yeah, and the movie's just Stanley Kubrick's uh, Full Metal Jacket. Uh, I've never seen that. Did we? Were we? Oh shit! Were we supposed <laughs> to watch that for the podcast? Hey, did you not do your homework? Ah, uh, fuck! I forgot. I've never seen Full Metal Jacket. Can you tell me about it so that I don't have to watch it? Okay. So tell me what happens in the movie so that I don't so have to watch. A it. bunch of Marines go to boot camp. They get berated by a drill instructor for twenty minutes. Then one of them goes nuts and, uh, in the most Chad move possible, guns down his drill instructor in the bathroom. Um, doesn't he also kill himself? He does. That, that that's less of a Chad move. Oh, I was but, about to say, is that a Chad move? Uh, not not killing yourself, but okay. killing a drill sergeant. I think killing a drill sergeant is. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, and then it jump cuts to uh the main character Joker in war, and he's a war journalist. The Joker. The Joker. I didn't know this was a I, Batman movie. Yeah, it, it's actually wow. Batman prequel. It's about why the Joker got radicalized uh, against oh. against the rich because he's like. The the Waynes helped. So fund. what you're saying is Joaquin Phoenix's performance in Joker <laughs> is entirely influenced by Full Metal Jacket. Yes, uh, oh, the, okay. uh, uh, Joker's ideology is that the Waynes uh, helped push the Vietnam narrative and helped Full Metal Society. Full, full yeah. Metal Society. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Joker is a war reporter in Vietnam, uh, where uh, on the uh, the Tet Offensive starts happening, and instead of a cozy like just easy job. He gets assigned to do war journalism for like a combat patrol. And then they have a like 
walk into hell where every they just have a patrol where everything goes wrong and uh everyone in leadership dies and then they get pinned down by a sniper uh and then the uh they kill the sniper and it turns out she's just a uh Vietnamese woman who wants to defend her territory and they end up uh coup de gras in her because she's uh bleeding out and they don't want to just leave her there right um, well, that sounds like a really happy film. It sounds like it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Sounds like, uh, sounds like one of those movies you'd want to put on at a kid's birthday party. Oh, absolutely. You know, in, in lieu of a clown. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids don't like clowns anymore. They like the digital world. So you turn on Full Metal Jacket and you're like, here you go, seven-year-olds. They, it's time uh, to learn what America is all about. You know, the one the one word of warning I would say for you uh, give it to a bunch of seven-year-olds is they do use a lot of racial slurs just about every single moment of that movie. So unless you want your seven-year-old running around repeating uh, <laughs> racial slurs for Southeast Asian people. <laughs> but Maya, racial slurs are normal. Just ask Kanye West, just, who has no problem with them, apparently. Just ask Elon Musk. Just ask Elon Musk, the inventor of Twitter. <laughs> the inventor, owner, proprietor, and savior of Twitter. Yeah, since last time we were here, uh, free speech became legal again, <laughs> which I thought was, I mean, that's pretty cool. That means I can say whatever I want. So yeah. I guess that means that I can say something like, Elon Musk should get tased in the balls. Uh, and no one can stop me. If I was to say that Elon Musk should get tased in the balls on Twitter.com, he can't really be mad about it because he did make jokes legal again. Uh, yeah, but I think I think he's a whiny man-child. And no, he can't be sensitive. I, no, uh, r- really? Do you mean a shrimp freed this I, speech? <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So full metal jacket. Uh, these are jokes. Um, I've seen it. I've seen the movie. Uh, I went to film school, so I was inundated with this. I saw mm-hmm. the shit out of this movie. Mm-hmm. I sure did. So I think that, um, I think it's, a pretty good movie, but I'm so I had a I had a revelation watching this film the other night. I realized that I had not watched the movie since doing LSD. <laughs> After having done LSD, the movie was somewhat different. It wasn't quite what I remembered it to be. Not to say in a bad way. Um, I guess you can just say I, you know, I can tell the difference between margarine and butter now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can see through the bullshit. Mm-hmm. So, um, but can you believe it's not butter? I don't believe it, oh, okay. but I do know it to be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not butter. <laughs> I, I will let, let, and every okay. So, so just right out the gate, the first thing that I have to say about this movie is I think that it's really fucking wild as fuck. Mm-hmm. that plenty of American males saw this movie and had two thoughts. Thought number one was... Um, Me so horny. That's not <laughs> no, it. No. Uh, that's, oh, what's up? Uh, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, no. Uh, the two thoughts were, uh, damn, that drill sergeant is funny. I should make him my entire personality. And the second thing is... Wow, the Marines are cool, actually. I can't wait to join them and then not die in war because nobody dies in war. Come on. I I mean, but that's... 
absolutely contrary to what the movie is about. Imagine fucking walking away from that movie going, you know, really I think cool. it's time to die in war. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think it's really funny. Well, we've, we've been talking about this a lot. Uh, there's, there's quite a bit of, um, uh, I don't know. There's there's the thing that's like every war movie is accidentally an indoctrination like or not an indoctrination an endorsement of war mm-hmm. simply on the on the fact that like um when you portray something that is so so larger than life it it's like almost an acceptance of it it's it's like a um well, it's an endorsement in a weird way. It's like being like war. War is is hell and stuff. Oh, is look that at better? that! We have light. Look at that! Look at that! Wow. You can look see at that. us now. Um, great. So anyway, yeah, no, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I understand that 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 sentiment of how like every time you're criticizing a war movie, you're actually actually accidentally endorsing war movies or war. Um, but 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 there's a stark difference between like American Sniper, which is a war movie in the loosest sense, because like while it is a war movie, it's also hoorah, absolute bullshit. Um, and like, but this, I feel like, how do you walk away from this and not? But at the same time, listen, I, I understand, I comprehend that that I have reached whatever age of reason it takes to view something at a, at a surface level and accept it. So uh, I guess my point here is just that in watching the film, I didn't, I had never at any point felt that I was okay with anything that was on screen. Yeah. So that's my, that's, that's the beginning and ending of my first, uh, take and my opening arguments, Joe Biden, would you like uh, to respond? <laughs> uh, why am I Joe Biden? I don't know. Okay. Fair enough. Um, no, I think it's definitely a, uh, the Marine Corps is a fuck and it sucks to like be in. Um, and I think, well, I think it even, there's this like duality in the movie that I think is like the, one of like, just one of the most frequent like visual themes. And they even explain it in the movie where Joker's like, like he, he, his, on like his helmet, it says like born to kill. And then on his jacket, he has like a Jungian duality of, yeah. And so I think like. Anyway, there's just like there's there there's a lot to this movie that I think people just don't get because they, but I, it's just it, it it really confuses me how people will attach to this movie as opposed to any other shitty war movie because this one in specifics like yeah boot camp will dehumanize you and like mentally break you down and it's really fucked up how that happens. No, you don't understand. It's really it's, really funny when they grab their cocks and they walk in a <laughs> circle and they're like, "This is for fight and this is for fun." This is my rifle. This is my gun. This is for fighting this is for fun well okay so my big mega take my mega mind big brain take about the movie is that like the absurdity of the movie has a a, i'm gonna call it a it's not an it's not an endorsement but it does break down the 
the American reality. So like mm-hmm. if you're breaking down the American reality of what war looks like and you show it to be dehumanizing, embarrassing, and fucking a nightmare, um, then like in I guess instead of being like, oh yeah, it's very scary, the possibility of death and like, cause those are the, like the surface things, right? Is like, people are always like, I ain't going to war. I'll die in war. Mm-hmm. Very true. You probably will. Because maybe going around a country with guns is bad. But anyway, um, I, I, I think that the movie, because it quote unquote has a sense of humor about the whole thing, which is to say that it's absurd. Mm-hmm. Like it, it makes war and indoctrination and like what 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 would you call like well, somebody's identity being broken down right it was like ego death dehumanization dehumanization it it treats that like a joke mm-hmm. but the the thing is though like that is how it's treated yeah it is treated like a joke <laughs> well yeah like, and in like i think war is absurd enough that like if you're trying to accurately portray it, it's really hard to do it in a way that's not funny to a degree because well, like, and it it the thing it probably also worries about is the possibility of coming across pedantic. Mm-hmm. So instead, it's like, well, we're not going to be pedants about it. We're going to be like, you know, if if we force you to like get in there and join in and accept it, then like at that point. Like you're almost guilty for it too, yeah. If that makes sense, and so that's more Stanley Kubrick's like thing, right? Is like he's a very direct filmmaker, and everybody always talks about how esoteric he is, mm-hmm. but he's not that esoteric. He he literally is very straightforward, yeah. and like his his straightforwardness comes across confusing to people because they think that he's saying something galaxy brain when he's really just expressing an absurdity. Mm-hmm. And and that's like every one of his movies is like he expresses some absurdity and a bunch of people either are like, ha ha ha, this is funny. I'm going to make this my whole personality. Or they're like, what was Kubrick trying to say there? <laughs> and it's like, well, did you watch the movie? Yeah. Was Kubrick actually anti-war or is that liberal boy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's just like. Uh, he was pretty anti-war, but at the same time, I think that the duality of man thing is like, in a weird way, it points out, I think that the main character Joker is, uh, an anarcho cap, uh, I'm sorry, an anarcho communist cat, uh, boy who's probably trans and is gay. I think that's a big takeaway. Yeah, is, I, well, is and Joker's I do think gay. the movie would have been better if there was more people sucking dicks. Think, uh, think, honestly, I think Joker should have sucked Cowboy's dick. I think that would, would have think made if, the movie very good. I think if Joker would have sucked Leonard's dick, everything would have been yeah. fine at the end. <laughs> like, they all would have died in, the in bathroom, war together. And he's like, and he's like, seven, six, two million. Joker's like, all right. <laughs> uh, Matthew Modine's just like, you know, I was thinking. I have a solution. Um, you might not. Uh, uh, you might not. You might be startled at first, but if you give it a minute, you might be okay with it. Kubrick's is like, keep rolling, keep rolling, keep rolling, keep rolling. All right, Matthew, <laughs> get in there. Matt, Matt, Matthew, Matthew. 
Matthew? No, 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 no. This is natural. This could keep going. You know, just on, pro- on probability alone, you know, at least two of the people in that little platoon there had to have been trans. I, yeah. <laughs> and that's why Full Metal Jacket is good. Thank you for coming to our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like and subscribe. Um, no, uh, these are funny jokes, but um, no, I, I, but my point there is that like, if you uh, go to a uh, AO3.org, you can check out my uh, animal and, uh, and eight ball, uh, 800 page fan fiction. <laughs> oh my. Uh, well, okay. Uh, that's, that's good. Um, <laughs> that's good. I'm glad that you have a hobby. Uh, so, uh, no, but my point there is that the movie is about Joker, a, a person who doesn't agree with the concept of war being thrust into war and then having to accept it. And I think it's, and Leonard is like somebody who like can't war. And then he gets good at war only so that he can destroy the, the like death cult that he's found himself in. I think it's interesting. They never touch on why anyone joined the Marines. Like, you know, a lot of war movies where it's like, you know, if they went to, to make Joker like the sympathetic anti-war character. You know, it has a scene where he gets like drafted and he's like, you know, doesn't want to go to Talks war. Talks to his mom. And yeah. like, mom, I don't want to go. I don't want to. But the movie just starts dead ass yeah, right so in the, in the shit. The movie never at any point is like, here's why Joker, Joker went to war. Like Joker did, was he drafted? Did he volunteer? Like, you know, what's, what's the, what's circumstances the deal with him? It? Yeah. And so it's like, you know, it's kind of, you're almost missing a, a huge part of, of how, like, of... Of the process. Of, like, the process, yeah. But but I almost feel like, you know, in that first scene, they are all the same, but they're all also unique, and they all react to the situation differently in the way that it dehumanizes them. Mm-hmm. So, like, Joker understands pretty early on that the process is dehumanization, and so he's like, no matter what I say, I'm going to be wrong. Right. So, like, because of that, his tendency is to, like, try to take everything with a grain of salt because he knows that there's, like, some larger purpose to mm-hmm. the thing. So, but in a weird way, that's him as, like, someone who's slightly, somewhat more liberally minded, accepting the language of the of the marines yeah and like his his acceptance looks like rebellion Mm -hmm. and then like actual rebellion is leonard getting really good at shooting when they start (laughs) talking about shooting just so he can fuck the sergeant i think that's great uh and and so it's just like which one is the one that's actually doing an anti-war is it the one that's like i'm in war and i'm taking pictures of it and Mm -hmm. also participating or is it uh, Leonard who blows his brains out, uh, right. which is the more liberal act. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I, I think that like that dichotomy is the way that the movie is trying to talk about, um, the way that like well-minded non war ready people have to deal with the concept of going to war. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling. You're rambling. No, I, I mean, I, th- I think you're making fair points. Um, I just, I'm trying to inject all of my takes into the soil now so they can grow into beautiful <laughs> mushrooms by the end. Right. You know? Well, and I think there's also an element to it where, um, uh, like in the movie where Joker's innocence somehow survives boot camp. Yeah. Um, so where like everyone else's innocence was 
beaten out of them in boot camp, he somehow kept it, but only to lose it um, in the in like in the uh, in in Way City. Yeah. Um. Well, and they they talk like at length about the thousand yard stare thing, mm-hmm. and he doesn't quite understand what that exactly means. But like he at the but end, he, he fulfills <laughs> the dichotomy, right? Because he's like born to kill, in the sense that that's how American males are conditioned, right? That they're born to go die in war, um, but also peace. Like we don't have to do war, but there he is, not wanting to do war while also unfortunately being born to kill this one specific person out of mercy, mm-hmm. but the mercy in and of itself is an act of war and simultaneously an act of peace. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, thus demonstrating the duality of man. Yeah. Well, and like it's, there's also the interesting scene where everybody is, they're like interviewing everyone in the platoon and they're all like, yeah, we shouldn't be here. No one wants us here, but we're Marines. We're going to kill people. That's what we do. We're here to take care of it. Like the, like animals. Like, what if we just killed all the Southern Vietnamese? Because they seem like the ones that are, that that kind of suck. Um, right, but they're there to stop communism. Yeah. Listen, I, I think the more we talk about this, the more we we approach me just like talking about how based I think Ho Chi Minh was. But uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. is no. that is that the theme? Uh. Listen, I any anyone who who overthrows Pol Pot is 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 Nito Dorito in my book. To me, yeah. yeah. Well, imagining oh, imagine overthrowing Pol Pot and then the Americans being like, "All right, that looks like a colonization opportunity well, to me." No, no. So, so this, this was after the uh, after oh, the Vietnamese oh, War. My apologies. So, yeah. I don't know actually know anything. So it's mostly talk out of my ass. What's crazy about that yeah? is uh, the um. So after the Khmer Rouge took over Cambodia, uh, Ho Chi Minh was like, it's really fucked up. And it's really like anti-communist that they're like just killing all their people. Yeah. So they invaded Cambodia. But since both, since China liked Cambodia more than Vietnam, China jumped in on the side of the Cambodians. And since America was still incredibly butthurt about losing Vietnam, they also jumped in on the side of the Cambodians. And, and Ho Chi Minh and the Northern Vietnamese were like, what you think we haven't? Heard, we, you think we didn't just get through this? You think yeah. you scare us, you sons of bitches? It took them like six weeks to free Cambodia. Yeah, well, and uh, you know, uh, just only slightly back to the movie. There, yeah. there's like a bit in the movie where they talk about how really the reason they're there is to try and indoctrinate the Vietnamese into oh, yes. the American lifestyle, yes. which is. Like just on its bold face, just being like, we are here to colonize the communists before they can do a communism. Inside every slur for Southeast Asian people, there's an American waiting to be freed. Yeah. Fuck. Well, and like I, I lost it at that line. Well, and I like that they're constantly talking about the ideas of like freedom. You came out here to be free, but it's like what American freedom actually looks like is some guy with a gun never having any consequences for having done horrific war crimes. Mm -hmm. They're just like, that's totally okay and fine to do. Um, as you know, Mm -hmm. it's completely cool. Uh, and, but that's that's the freedom that they were obtaining, right? It's the freedom to go over there and kill anonymous people as much as they wanted yeah, to. Yeah, well, there's that scene where they're talking to the helicopter gunner who's unhinged, and he's just gunning down civilians. And, and, and he's like, it's like, if they, you know, you know, if they, uh, if, if they run their VC, 
if they don't run, they're well-disciplined VC. Yeah. And they're like, well, how many women and children have you killed? And he's like, ain't war hell, boys, as he guns down more women and children. Right. And Joker's like, what the fuck? Yeah. But also, like, we know that is a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But but knowing it's a thing and then, like, sitting next to the guy... And I feel like that's almost the way that the movie does everything where it's like, well, we know what drill and like sergeants are like. We know what drill sergeants are like. We know what boot camp is like. We've heard a million stories about that. Um, but actually just sitting in the room and watching it, mm-hmm. very different energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, sitting in the room and w- or sitting in the helicopter with a guy who's anonymously killing everyone uh, yeah. is a completely different story. He's so, laughing while he shoots women and children. Exactly. And so, yeah, you really don't, you don't know what the fuck you do with that guy. Like how you react to that guy, like in the same way that, well, how do you react to a drill instructor? You know, you can be like, well, you're full of shit, but watch that be met with like, uh, untold acts of violence on your face. Right. You can reject it, but they're just going to beat it out of you. Right. Well, and go ahead. And I think one of the big questions I have is like, why didn't they kick, um, Leonard out? Like, why didn't they sectionate Leonard? Yeah, this is a great point, right? Because it's like, I don't know. It 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 just, and and that's kind of what I was trying to figure out watching the, the movie this time. Is is it like the, the drill signs were always there? Yeah. Why didn't they never? Well, the drill instructor obviously like knew he wouldn't cut it. Yeah. Uh, to some degree, and like everyone else knew it. Well, he was using him to motivate the rest of them. Yeah, I and guess. so the idea is there's always like a weak one that is meant to juxtapose all the strong people, so that you motivate the strong people. But then, like when you beat somebody into that weak state long enough, eventually they're like, "No, I'm actually strong, mm-hmm. actually, and I'm gonna kick your little ass." Okay, we should go to ads because I have something I want to bring up in relation with Leonard. That's gonna take away more than, than than to the halfway point. Is it that Leonard's gay and sucks dicks? No, it's actually it, it it's, <laughs> it's 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 there's this historical fuck like war crime that we did oh. in Vietnam that like no one knows about. Okay. Anyway, but uh, speaking of historical war crime, yeah. He, ah, speaking of war crimes, here's an advertisement. Here's an advertisement. Ooh. We're going into the advertisement world. The ad zone. Wow, this advertising world is crazy. All I can see everywhere are ads for Raid Shadow Legends and NordVPN. <laughs> I sure am tired of the same two advertisements. I, Go subscribe to Audible. Yeah. Now, wait, if only someone would come up to me right now and tell me of a business or service that isn't Raid Shadow Legends, NordVPN, or Audible. I wish somebody would do that. I think that would be great if someone just interjected it, right now right now. advertising. Oh yes! Oh. oh, that's that's uh uh Machine Age Productions and their RPG hashtag I hunt. Listen, we're all oh shit! We're all nerds here. We all we all like tabletop role playing games. Uh, so go for the next go go play hashtag I hunt. It's fun. Yeah. It's good. Pick up the book. And play personally, with your group. Uh, on a personal testimony, I think that it's fantastic that um the the people who who make I hunt. Uh, support our podcast so that I can vape. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's really cool of them. Um, yes. Yeah, uh, the, much cooler than Raid Shadow Legends, NordVPN. 
Wow, I feel like I'm bouncing back. I feel like this advertising world is not quite as evil as I previously. But wait, thought. there's more. There's more. There's oh my god! Dream if Studios. You, if you tell me about more, I will crap my pants. You'll crap yourself. Yeah. Well, all right, Buck, get that diaper on. Um, <laughs> Hello so, uh, Fresh. Hel- <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, listen. Go, go go get some art. Uh, uh decorate your walls. Um, uh, capitalist hate blank walls. No, capitalist hate decorated walls. I'm sorry. I fucked that up. They uh, don't like so, it when you're happy or in yeah, not so a coffin. Piss off a capitalist and, and go put some Ambient Dream Studios art on your walls. Yeah, uh, Ambient Dream Studios. Um, their uh, Etsy store. Yeah. That's my portion of the advertisement. Mm-hmm. I do know that much. Um, <laughs> their store is actually really cool. I've, I've like fucked with their store a few times. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, they're they're great. Uh, so thank thank you to our advertisers. I feel like there's probably personal advertisements to also make. Like, uh, I wrote a book. It's mm-hmm. gay. Right? I read it with your eyes or your mouth or your ears. Um, or you can check out my new album, which I leaked today but drops at midnight. Uh, called My Dead Neopets that I've been working on for the last like five fucking months, and I'm so happy to be done with so that I don't have to think about it for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, oh, Patreon. Oh, yes. Patreon.com slash excrement. Yeah. Uh, it's a website. It, it's you a website. Uh, I will either buy food or, or buy estrogen or buy food to grow my tits. So, uh. Well, yeah, honestly, <laughs> we probably do need food. I mean, we can't just live off of Red Bull vape and estrogen. I. But watch me. I bought a bunch of salads today to eat. As like throughout the week, and I ate them all this afternoon. Salads? What are you? A I, liberal? My my doctor was like, your your cholesterol's a bit high, so I've been trying to take care of that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. My she's doctor like, would she's probably like, be like, "Wow, you're about to die. What are you going to do? Do you have a funeral prep prepared?" She was like, "Hey, you're gonna quadruple your dose of Spiro and eat less red meat." <laughs> Did it help? Uh, the Spiro it, it it's making me sleepy. Uh, yeah, constantly. Yeah. Anyway, um, but so well, I was going to say. Oh, no, 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 no. We have no? to leave. We have to leave advertising. We're still in advertising oh. world. All right. John Madden. John yeah. Madden. John Madden. All right. So, we're back. All right. So the name of, of this thing I'm going to talk about isn't ideal, but I don't know. It's like, it's just the name of the, the, the thing that happened. The common nomenclature. So, Unfortunately, um, so there is this thing. It's called McNamara's morons. Okay, um, I which is the spice like it's spicy. I don't agree with calling it that, but that's just like the thing. Where um, you call me a moron? I don't. Care. Well, well, I mean, wait till you hear about what it is. So, all right, uh, Robert McNamara, who was the Secretary of Defense under Kennedy, uh, was looking at the draft results, and he's like, "We need more uh, uh, young young men." to die in the forest of Vietnam. We're not... Soon people are failing out of the draft because, you know, they take a test, and if you can't pass the test... Right. You, uh... <laughs> you draft... You, 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 like, you, you flunk out of the draft, and you're medically exempt. And one of the things they tested for was, like, IQ and, like, general intelligence. And so... McNamara was like, well, there are a lot of people flunking out because they're not passing the intelligence tests we do. So they basically took as many like autistic people as they could and they uh, trained them all together 
So like all the officers were autistic, all the soldiers were autistic or had like anyway, like so and then they dropped them off in in the front lines of Vietnam and they had like a horrifically high uh fatality like, count. fatalities. Yeah, they just like died in droves because this surprises me. They yeah, they weren't uh, they shouldn't have been in Vietnam. <laughs> well, um, technically, no one. Should no, have been in but Vietnam. like, you but know, definitely not people that. Well, I feel like that is such a weird dichotomy. But yeah. at the same time, it's like nobody should. I understand, but but no, they were just literally well, just like, what if we but, just took a bunch of people and made them meat for machine? Yeah, guns but yeah, to well, motivate it's, it's everybody like the military is literally like, hey, if it, it, we need people who can score above this on this test, because people who score under it. Uh, won't do on combat and they'll just get themselves killed and they'll, yeah. they'll like it'll be it'll be like just tragic and fucked up if we if we let them in and McNamara right. is like oh, <laughs> I got an idea I have an idea um yeah it's like but it's like I think I think in some ways uh uh Pyle or I can't uh Leonard 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 is kind of supposed to represent that where yeah. it's like anyway but like it's just it's it's something America did in Vietnam that's incredibly fucked up and no one talks about and like no one knows about. Yeah, well, that's nice. That's good. We like that. Did I, they did they also do a program called McNamara's Gaze where they were like, <laughs> our boys need blowjobs? No, that's just that's and just so they like, sent some gays to the well, some twinks to the front line no, to go ahead and. F- that's just when Kennedy couldn't like sneak in Marilyn Manson. So 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 McNamara was <laughs> like Marilyn was like Monroe? Marilyn, yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, what a funny misunderstand. Okay, so yeah, so so he couldn't. So I wasn't when, ready for when that. Kennedy couldn't sneak in someone to have sex with with Marilyn Manson. Uh, 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 Marilyn Monroe. Uh, McNamara was like was like I'll I'll take care of your boss. I heard Nancy Reagan gives good head. They said I. <laughs> I hear that's true. I, I don't know Nancy personally. She is dead, but I bet if we resurrected her, she'd be the throat goat. Give me my shovel. I'm going in. <laughs> I got to dig up that, that throat goat. Oh um, yeah. Why, why isn't there a movie that's kind of like Frankenstein, but it's somebody resurrecting Nancy Reagan to get a mad. Why is it there an O-Tour like Oscar bait? film like art film about just nancy reagan blowing everybody she could get her hands on well there will be i'm sure um <laughs> and we'll make it damn it yes it'll be my film i will i will compose it opening scene nancy reagan cleaning cum off of her lips <laughs> uh brought reagan in the background going damn nancy you you still got it after all these 35 <laughs> reagan's years eating jelly he's like eating jelly beans jelly beans and and yeah and his, his like I out. just yeah. like to watch. <laughs> Nancy, I love it when you blow my friends in front of me while I eat jelly beans. Um <sighs> anyway, back to war crimes, our back, favorite topic. I, I don't know. I think I think talking about uh uh Reagan's penis is a war crime. <laughs> Why? Do you do you, would you prefer that he didn't have one? I pref- I don't know. I, I prefer not to think about it President in general. We love a president that, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about a man who, who, you know, gets on estrogen. We're talking about a man who, who gets RS, SRS, he gets FFS. He's like, you know, top tier hottie at that point. We're talking about a BBL, Brazilian butt lift for Reagan, you know? So he's like all kitted out, but still identifies as a man because 
I think that men can look any way they want. Nancy Nancy couldn't blow him anymore because he had a vagina at that point, but she still ate him out. Are you okay? No, no, I'm not. Did I did I do it? I yeah. did it. I finally um, did it. Fuck. Oh no. boy. Be a US president and try not to commit a war crime speed run. First off, Impossible. if I was a US president, I would immediately use that to use my gender to fuck with the whole world. <laughs> you know, I'd go meet with some somebody, you know, you know, you go meet with with the people, you know, in Israel and you're just like, Hi, what's up? And you're snapping. Well who are we bombing today? We, Slay. we know who Israel's bombing today. <laughs> we do. The same people they've been bombing for 40 years. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, no, uh, that would go well, I, I think. <laughs> Generally. I, uh, well, well the, my point is we need more gender confusion in world politics no. as well as blowjobs. I think Nancy Reagan <laughs> was really doing us a service well, there. No, but uh, see, here's the thing with being the American president <laughs> is you can kind of be as senile as you fucking want, but everyone wants <laughs> to know. buy guns from you. So you can just kind of like... Be, be Reagan about everything and yeah. everyone's so like I don't well, know where I you? am but I have a lot of AK-47s <laughs> and I need some money I don't know where I am but the CIA assures me we have a lot of Soviet munitions that, that, that we need to give to a to, to, to an autocracy to oppress people and 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 listen I, I just have the driest dick I just have the driest dick he's well you know who well we were talking you know Ben Shapiro's got a pretty dry dick I've heard I, well, I've heard his, his has never been moisturized. I feel like ben Sh- never mind. I'm not going to make that joke. You feel like Ben Shapiro should get SRS and then become uh, like the hottest. No, dude I was going to say, seen. I was going to say, I think Ben Shapiro is really into chastity. I'm just going <laughs> to throw you that think he's bomb really in into there. chastity. Yeah. Do you think he has a cage? Like, absolutely. You think every, every second. His wife is like, are you still wearing the that's, cage? It's still no not November. See that, that that's why he keeps on talking about like his wife just being like cruel and dismissive to him. Locktober. Like, yeah. Hey. hey. <laughs> I like that. I fuck with that. Uh, um anyway, uh yeah. back on back on topic. You know, I think I think if Stanley Kubrick was alive, he, he would he, be taking estrogen. No, I was gonna no? say okay, I, I, well, I, well maybe, I don't know. Maybe. But I was gonna say he would he he would approve of this message. He would think this was the funniest. I, um, I, I Stanley Kubrick had a wet ass pussy. I, <laughs> I want to know Everyone what knew this. <laughs> I want to know what Stanley Kubrick's favorite joke was. Um, do you ever think about that? Like, it's like, what's the what, what's the funniest thing to Stanley Kubrick, and is it something incredibly lame? Well, like, so one thing that was weird about Kubrick, right, is that okay, so when A Clockwork Orange came out. You know, there was a uh, there was a there was a copycat crime based on the thing from the movie that happened, and he like felt a lot of remorse for his choices. Um, but that ended up being his entire career. The only movie that Kubrick ever made that people were like, "I'm not about to make this my whole personality," is Eyes Wide Shut, <laughs> because it's a movie about a, a, a literal cabal of people who wanna who wanna fuck people and kill them with drugs, uh, and are rich. So, like, 
actually the funniest joke to him was probably something very misogynistic. Don't forget. He also bragged about abusing, abusing her lead act, leading actor. She did Stanley Kubrick, the lady sure did. Uh, I just think it's funny how that yeah. was phrased. Uh, um, no, I mean, uh, well, I mean, anyone like born okay, when but Stanley Kubrick was born. But a better born. question is, who the fuck are we talking about? What is Stanley Kubrick? I'm twelve. Uh, I've never actually heard about that. Did you? Did you know that he was supposedly an a controlling, aggressive asshole on set? I yes, I have heard that. I've also heard that that completely destroys any and all sentiment he's ever made, uh, including all the good ones. I well, I've also heard I've, I've heard different things. I've heard like Stacy Kubrick. Oh, uh, what? Stacy uh, Stacy. <laughs> no, well, because like I I know well, it's weird because like some actors were like, yeah, it was it was um, it was great working with Kubrick. I loved how I loved I loved how he like ran his set. Weirdly, all dudes. That's fair. Uh, I I I, I didn't <laughs> think about it that way. <laughs> well, it's because he blew them. <laughs> <laughs> It's because Kubrick was his own fluffer. He loved Malcolm McDowell because he was a twink and had a (laughs) big penis. Okay, so we're going to move on. No. uh, We were spinning our wheels in in this bit. Well, the thing is, if you want to make a movie that is about the absurdity of war, then you also have to be a little racist, (laughs) apparently. Uh, You have to be okay with constantly, constantly putting slurs in the entire movie. And, like, after a while, you're like, okay, I think we got the point. But then they keep on going. Yeah. Um, so, but, but, the thing is, I, I feel like the concept of Kubrick being a bastard is almost like... Um, it's almost like... Uh, duh? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, did you watch the movies? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a part where Leonard's, like, smiling, and then uh, the drill sergeant punches him in the face like full fist and you're like ah for a film with stunts Mm -hmm. it's like no he got hit in the face like you know kubrick was always just like fuck that shit we're gonna do it live yeah you know we're doing it for real i'm gonna make them all miserable Mm -hmm. so like um i'm not necessarily saying he was an equal opportunity misery (laughs) creator but he certainly was a misery creator Mm -hmm. so at the same time every time every time you hear something about that you're always just like well like yep uh i've seen the shining she's upset (laughs) i wonder why is it because probably Mm -hmm. um so i don't know i always feel like I feel like there's a thing that kind of... Ha- there, there's certain contexts where these things don't necessarily... Like, catch me watching a Woody Allen movie every, any day and just go ahead and cap me. <laughs> like, done for. Right. But Kubrick is different because I feel like the, the, the gateway for entry is this is a movie that's going to be, like, really hard on me and it's really hard on the creators and it's really hard on the audiences and it's hard on like the way that people have actually taken it. So like the, the gateway for entry is a little different. You know, Woody Allen is mostly known for being like, it's okay that I abused her. What? (laughs) And you're like, okay, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a very different Energy. I'm not necessarily Did, saying that we shouldn't cancel Kubrick. He is dead, so God has already canceled I, him. Is, um, is, 
did Woody Allen flee the states, or was that just? Uh, I don't. I think he might have. See the one who like he probably should consider it. Is he the one who like moved to Europe? That would be Roman Polanski. Okay. Also, Roman Polanski, pretty bad dude. Yeah. Um, and I know we know that, but see, okay, so so the whole separate the art from the artist conversation that people are always having, a lot of people will be like, well, Roman Polanski did make really good movies. Mm-hmm. My response there is, have you actually watched them? <laughs> because Repulsion is a movie about a woman that's absolutely terrified of... Uh, of um, uh, being raped in her apartment. So like, like it's weird that he would then go on to be a rapist. <laughs> um, <laughs> unless he perhaps was using that film as a vehicle to kind of like massage out his like weird rape fantasy, which is possible. Um, and then you're like, well, luckily he only did it once. And then yeah. you watch Rosemary's Baby where the woman gets raped by Satan. And mm-hmm. you're like, okay, that's twice. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess my point is just like uh, man talks about woman problems seems very, uh, sometimes it seems very like I need to excuse my behavior or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also agree that uh that Kubrick would not punch Jack Nicholson in the face. Probably not. But I feel like Jack Nicholson would kick ass. I feel like if you punched him in the face, he'd get he your would ass fucking kicked. throw. Yeah. Very true. But um but at the same time, I he did make Jack Nicholson do hours and hours and hours and hours of the same shot on like a billion shots on the shining. <laughs> so like there's this story from the from the early seventies where, um, <clears throat> I want to say it was Sam Peckinpah directing, uh, and I, I can't remember the actor's name, Brolin, I think. Josh Brolin. No, the one, the older one, uh, his father, James Brolin. Yeah. I think, I think it was James Brolin being directed by Sam Peckinpah. I could be wrong on this, so don't fucking quote me, but, um, uh, the story goes that he made him walk out of the back of a building like 45 times uh, in different takes. And on the last one, like the actor came out and was like, yeah, I'm not doing that again. I'll just break contract. Like you can literally suck my dick and left. And Mm -hmm. like, so the thing is like, um, uh, at any point, Kubrick doing that to Nicholson. You'd think that Nicholson at some point would be like, ah, oh boy, I'm going to get the heck out of here, dude. Mm. Um, but he didn't. Wait, is Clerks 3 out? It is. <gasps> Fuck, we have to go watch Clerks 3. Why? Why are you so excited? Because I, 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 I want to check in with my boy. I hate him so much. Kevin? I, I, Kevin. I hate him so much. I want to know how he's doing. You know, you know, like, like, like my hatred has, sh- has like, has horseshoed around to like general, like actual interest and empathy for his life, but only so it can fuel my hatred for him. Okay. Uh, um, that I feel very similarly about very, uh, about many sense? people. No, I, I too like to hate follow people, uh, <laughs> who make bad art. Uh, that's one of my big things. We did watch honest. Tusk and I despised it. I yeah, did not like it. It made me want to put a Tusk into my own heart so that I would die to my own brain. Yeah. No, like, see, okay. My thing with Kevin Smith though, is like, is, is like, oh, I'm glad he lost a lot of weight and is healthier. 
I still hate his hate his movie. Well, like well, like any of his own personal achievements have nothing to do with what he's decided to do with his voice. And I, I think that that's <laughs> mm-hmm. like the big point, right? Is like, yeah, of course you don't want a dude to die. Of course you don't want a guy to fucking suffer. Suffering yeah. sucks. We all hate suffering. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like I am going to continue to consume Kevin Smith's work and laugh and be like, wow, what a fucking asshole. Because he keeps doing asshole things speaking of speaking of uh someone someone in chat was like making movies like as, as confessions uh speaking of that remember when he made a movie about or, or in a character in the movie was a 14 year old who just really liked having sex with adults yeah i felt that like that, well and, and and it's you know listen i'm not saying the movie was produced by harvey weinstein or anything <laughs> but it was it was it was and it did have that in it and i can Almost picture Harvey sitting in the test screening, watching that, and just laughing. I just being I, like, "This is fucking next level humor right here." If you if you walk into a room with Harvey Weinstein, the one person who can be in that room and make it worse is Kevin Smith. Yeah, I'm sorry. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm 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 done with Kevin Smith jokes. Uh, did I tell you? Well, I did tell you that I ran into Kevin Smith once, mm-hmm. um, and it was really weird. And he was with Jason Mewes, and Jason Mewes. Uh, uh, sure drank three Red Bulls in front of me. So that man is recovering from an addiction. Um, I'm pretty sure he's also been uh, canceled, but I, I don't think uh, Kevin really cares about I, that. I don't. I uh, Listen, I'm not saying Ben Affleck is like a great dude or anything, but I will <laughs> say that I too would be out there smoking a cigarette all dejected and also dropping my coffee if I'd been in fucking mall rats. <laughs> I'm running out of jokes and we're supposed yeah. to be talking about Vietnam, Vietnam, but the Vietnam uh, war is so simple. It's just, we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> ouch. Why did they do that? Ouch, ouch, did, wow. Ouch, the government did... bad. I think Marine are bad detail about that. Uh, but, but no, we started talking about how directors suck. Well, yeah. Well, I, so I, I watched this really interesting video essay on, on why as a culture we're, we're really into headshots, like getting shot in the head. Uh, because they were, they were, I am, I well, would love to get shot. Well, so in the head. they were talking about how like in the fifties and earlier, uh, the, if you wanted a, like the, the media way to kill someone to shoot them in the heart. Um, and so, and, and, and anyway, and so there's this like actual, like, like noticeable change in media where it goes from like shooting them in the heart to like the head and like the Godfather's part of that when he, you know, he blows them away in the yeah. thing. Well, and they're also, but they're talking about how there was the picture where it was a Southern Vietnamese officer just executing a dude on the street. And it's like a really Ooh. famous picture. Okay. And it's like, it's like taken like right after he shoots him. Uh-huh. Um, and so anyway, so it's like, you know, it's like that picture is a big reason as to why, like we have a cultural obsession with headshots. Interesting. That's really, that's really fun. Yes, um, it is. It is the Jacob Geller. Um, I've been watching his essays like crack. Um, also, I, I want to point something out. I, I think that analog has a good point here. Uh, when they say that, um, invading Vietnam was actually essential. Uh, we had to colonize Vietnam. It was a good idea to do because they had not yet been in, introduced to clerks. I, uh, actually, I think that that's, what the ending message Kubrick is trying to say, right? Is like, we've colonized Vietnam uh, unsuccessfully. Now we have to make them all sing Mickey Mouse with us. Yeah. And, uh, you know, gotta be American. Right. You know, um, 
But, uh, but uh, no, I, I think that the reason we've been colonizing other planets is to try and get them to watch Kevin Smith movies with us. I, uh, so that they can be like, oh, yeah, that's right. Being American is better because some, Kevin Smith is an American. Something I really liked about Full Metal Jacket is as the movie went on, like the color palette just got darker and darker and darker. More and more red and yeah. fiery. Yeah, yeah, until like in the end, it was just like... Literal uh, hell. Like, yeah, it was just like... Uh, the, the bits in uh, Apocalypse Now where he's in the in the uh, in the room with, with Marlo yeah. Marlon Marlo Marlon Brando Marlon Brando Marlo Brandon Marlo Let's go Marlon Let, Marlo let's, Brandon let's go Marlo <laughs> uh, Yeah No uh, I I think that um, Yeah There the, Anyway Me so horny Me love you long time uh, right. Can we talk about that. Do you think that this movie is racist in its depiction of the Vietnamese? I give me what, a second. That's a long that. pause. That's yeah. Well, so okay, like like there's an element where I think there's like I don't think that Kubrick was trying to communicate how racist the Americans are. Yes, true. So like I think you know it's like yes, the movie says a ton of slurs a lot, but that's like he's trying to communicate that the people saying the slurs are bastards you know what full metal jacket desperately needed was dante from clerks being one of the soldiers so that yeah. when the when the prostitute comes up and is like yeah i'll fuck all 15 of you for five dollars a piece he's like he's like you suck 27 dicks i loved you i and then he just starts mistreating her yeah and then and Kubrick's like, yes, this is right. the way. This is the American idiom here. So well, duality they, of man. So I think that, like, I don't know. I don't think Kubrick was specifically racist against the Vietnamese. I think he made a movie about a war, and the everyone in the war was horrifically racist. This is true. Put that in. So I don't like. I think the racism in the movie is to try to communicate how racist we were towards these people. It's difficult to say that any of the choices on screen are, are not intentionally absurd. And I feel like that's maybe my big argument with the movie is that I feel like the movie makes war so unbelievably absurd that people didn't believe it and instead decided that it was like, it was, it was mocking the military or mocking that mm-hmm. and then they thought it was mocking it with you know being you know stupid and dick humor and racist and shit right and very like throw throw caution to the wind and because of that a lot of people made it their entire personality and were like haha this is ironically funny look at me yeah. sticking up to the military by being racist yeah so that's that's not cool but I, um, so i think no i think like if you're making a portrayal of something and part of what you're trying to communicate is the atrocities that those people did and, and how shitty they were to people, I think that is a fair thing to communicate in film. Sure. I don't think that's a fair thing to emulate. I think it um, is a difficult thing to... So, like, I feel like the, one of the big reasons why people like Kubrick uh, in the modern day is that he kind of just did and said whatever he wanted, which is not necessarily, like, good, I guess. Like, like nowadays people would be like, you should probably be more aware and cautious of such things, but he just sort of would just kind of just put it all in there and 
like, I don't, a lot of people do the thing where they're like, this couldn't be made today, but it totally could. I would just probably like it to be made by somebody with a little bit more like actual life experience. But, Mm -hmm. um, uh, in my eyes, I don't think they're, I think even an American film deity like Kubrick can get away with portraying American colonialism without just inspiring the very thing he aims to criticize. I, I, I'm going to criticize that statement only in the word deity. I think, I think that like even people that like Kubrick don't quite view him as a deity. I think that that's kind of like, we put so much goddamn stock in an auteur and it's like, well, you know, ultimately he was just a guy with a shitload of resources that tried to do something honest with it. Mm-hmm. And like, it was a shit bag. And also if you've ever been on a film set, and this is in no way excusing it. If you've ever been on a film set, the, the high stress, like awful relationship between creatives and like figureheads does draw a certain amount of like tension between them. Uh, And this can often end in different people who are different mouthpieces, both having uh, different interpretations of similar events. So like Kubrick maintains this reputation, I think mostly because his films are pretty good. Um, That, that said, said, I don't necessarily think a lot of people watch Kubrick movies and be like, Kubrick, like, there is definitely some, but mm-hmm. also the film going public is very small. And I actually don't think most people like give a fuck about Kubrick. Right. But like in film school, people worship the shit out of him and it was really annoying. But mm-hmm. when it comes to like the actual like world at large, I think most people think that the shining is a good movie just having seen the shining. And I don't think that they really go too much deeper. Like I know a, a lot of my grandparents in my life have been like the shining and like a lot of people like the shining, uh, completely divorced from the fact that Kubrick made it. So mm-hmm. I think like, I think his movies have value and meaning, especially to a lot of people. But I think that that also comes with the unfortunate reality that they were made by him. Mm -hmm. Um, But them being made by him, like, I don't know that it kind of lives beyond him in a weird way. I, you know, there, I guess it kind of goes back to the Woody Allen thing. It's like Woody Allen being shit, Bill Cosby being shit, people like that being shit. It's super easy to just be like, well, yeah, fuck that. Like really when it comes down to it, Annie Hall might be a movie that's really annoyingly important to a bunch of film professors and shit. But when it comes to like its actual cultural impact, I don't think that a lot of modern filmmakers are like, oh, Annie Hall was the movie for me. But I do think that the influence of Kubrick's like very direct, but also very intentional filmmaking uh, on almost like a practical level has injected itself into the culture more than anything else. So it's, it's less of a, we should be criticizing Kubrick, which we should, but like, it's less about that. And it's more just like, Kubrick is fucking weirdly foundational to the language that we all now accept as cinema. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard to, uh, to really get, get at him, uh, beyond that. Cause it's like, well, but the man made 
the movies that literally influenced you when you were young and didn't know about him. Mm-hmm. Like before you even knew about him, he was influencing you with his right. cinema. So like, it's just a kind of a different, it's like a different thing. Um, Think of how many movies have a boot camp sequence just because Kubrick did it. Oh, <laughs> like or mean, TV shows or well, whatever. Well, and like the other thing is we were kind of talking, touching on this earlier, but the whole idea that like, like he just starts the movie right at boot camp. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't. There's not even any dialogue between characters in the first like 20 minutes. It's all the drill sergeant just yeah like, screaming at them, and and they're kind of told what their personalities are more than they actually yeah, like. He's like, you're cowboy. Them. You're you're Joker. You're right. Pile. Well, and they they give them these names, right? And then they have to live up to the names because mm-hmm. people are generally they generally do what they're told and what they're expected to do. So yeah, well, like, like it cow- sets up their personalities and expectations. It's it's him giving them character for who they who he wants them to be and not who they actually mm-hmm. are. And like even like cowboys, his uh uh. When he's like being interviewed, he's like, "I think I think Vietnam's fucked up because there aren't any horses." Yeah. Well, and and so they're all just kind of weirdly playing a role. So it's like war com- becomes like this big act of theater where we use theater to ignore the consequences. Mm-hmm. I think that's almost more the point we should be taking away is that people have a tendency to do what they're told. So you put them in a room, you lock them in the room for like six fucking months and you stress the shit out of them and tell them who they're going to be. And then they leave the world, go to another country, and then they are exactly the person that they were told to be. And they continue to use themselves as an arm of the actual state uh, using that persona. And that prevents them from ever catching the fear of death. And also it stops them from ever, like feeling like there's no point to being there because at that point it's like a big school play that just so happens to lead to the death of millions of people. Well, like do you think with like animal, like, because it's like, there's the moment in the film where he turns his persona off. Yeah. Cause like, like, you know, he has the whole like gung ho. I'm a, I'm a crazy insane badass. But then the moment, like he realizes that like cowboys incompetent and And that people are going to die. People are going to die. He's like, all right, he like he just turns his persona off, and he's like, "All right, now I'm gonna be like, be a leader." I actually, well, and and there's like there's some real like nuance and personality and like empathy in there, but it's uh, obviously it's only empathy extended to other Americans. But the yeah. real out uh, the realization well, <laughs> that the entire like state state created structure has completely fallen apart, like the chain of command has fallen apart, mm-hmm. and at that point, you pretty much have to. Uh, he he would have to literally become the thing that he's pretending to be. Right. And he doesn't actually want to do that because he cares about his friends. Mm-hmm. And so like him being called animal yet him not running away from protecting his friends. It's like, there's like a weird <clears throat> marriage between the theater and reality. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm gay. Anyway, uh, anyway, you'll, I, I can do things with my guitar that you'll never be able to do. Uh, so yeah, you're gay. Enter Sandman. Um, let me take a look at how long we've been doing this shit. About an hour. We are coming up on the, yeah, um, we're coming up on it. Uh, so I guess we'll go ahead and start, um, walking ourselves out of the, uh, 
out of the podcast here. Um, so yeah, you're gay. Um, I'll, we'll see you next week when we talk about clerks three and, uh, we, uh, that would be Azzy that's sitting behind us. Let's be nice. Fuck you. Uh, anyway, uh, we're going to, uh, get back on our old horse and ride on down to the saloon and have ourselves a nice tall whiskey and then try and, uh, trying to use that to fall asleep. Yeah. And if that doesn't work, there's always a hammer. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so, uh, that's the Pelosi's. So, Oh God, I fucking, di- I, we didn't even fucking talk about that. Jesus. Anyway. All God right. Bless. We'll see you next week. All right, y'all. Uh, we'll see you next week when we, um, when we choke ourselves to death live on camera. I, uh, well, goodbye now. Goodbye.